Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Each week, we tell the stories of our church as we often feature interviews with our members and other friends of the ministry. This week, we'd invite you to join us for our live stream from Harvest Baptist Church Sunday morning. We begin at 10.30 a.m. You can check our website for details, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We'll be back in our series from the book of Acts this week, The Faith That Does Not Save from Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25. Well, today on Harvest Time, let's begin by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. Yeah, it sure seems like our world is pretty upside down. Um, we're living in a very uncertain time and a lot of questions going on for many people as things change almost on a daily basis. But as you mentioned, uh, even though we cannot meet together, uh, our church is continuing to meet um, online or at least through a live stream service and and actually in a lot of other ways we're connecting. But so. Uh, we cannot invite anybody to our service this Sunday, but we definitely would like to invite them to join us for the live stream service at 1030. And I think it's going to be filled with practical help and just an opportunity to focus on God and on his overarching plan for our world. We're going to come back to the series that we've been uh, teaching through now for a number of months at Harvest and uh, coming back into Acts chapter 8. It's a story about a man named Simon and connection with uh, a deacon named Philip and the gospel that's being spread out in uh, in that area of Samaria. So, um, and yeah, the title is uh, The Faith That Does Not Save. Uh, verse 13 of Acts 8 describes Simon as a person, it's really interesting, who believed and was baptized but when you keep reading down through the verses that follow, it becomes very evident that he was not a genuine believer. So we want to talk about that. How, how can that happen? How can you have somebody that is a you know a believer, quote unquote, a believer? They believed, and they've even taken some steps that we would say is obedience of baptism. Um, yet they do not have genuine faith. So we'll try to describe you know, just what the Bible says about that. I think it'll be really interesting and helpful for people. So we'd invite you to join us for that service at 1030 this Sunday. Well, uh, I think today's going to be really interesting. I'm really glad to have my friend and uh, fellow, I was going to say partner in crime, but I don't think that we would say it that way, but uh, fellow pastor on the pastoral team at Harvest, Pastor Ken Keith, is uh, with us. I'll tell you why he's here. Um uh, we've been going through, we actually just began this last Wednesday, uh, something we're call, calling a truth series, uh, Truth in Uncertain Times. And so each week, one of our pastors is going to take a specific topic that might be related to the uncertainty of the world that we're living in right now. And uh, and he's uh, Pastor Ken wrote a, a blog, an article about this, and then did a live stream Wednesday night. Uh, on uh, to our church family, really anybody that would be listening in. So we want to follow that up with just some practical conversations about what that looks like. Uh, Pastor Ken is a leader of our Heart for Christ ministry, our teen ministry, um, also is involved in a lot of other things here at Harvest. He oversees our missions efforts, um, oversees our worship ministries right now. He's kind of the 
guru of all things AV as well. Yeah, <laughs> we we got a lot of <laughs> we got a lot of other people that are involved in each of these ministries, but Ken guys, yep. Ken oversees that uh, as well. And so, Ken, glad that you're here. Looking forward to talking about this uh, topic of of fear that you spent some time on over the last week or so. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's great to be here. It is a topic that just uh, honestly, as you said, I mean, it is such an uncertain time. And and those of us who would say, you know, I'm fearless, I don't have fears. This is really revealing um, fears because control has been taken out of our hands. It's, mm. I know it hasn't happened in my lifetime where this much control has been taken out of my hands and, and really those uh, on the globe right now. It's a global thing. So it, it's revealing some fears, honestly, in, in our hearts. And so how do we handle those? And it was a such a profitable study in my own life and how to handle fear because it is going to come. It's not if you're going to face these things. It's really when you're going to face these things. How do I handle this? Yeah, I think that's very helpful. Uh, you know, as you and I are talking with people, really all of us are talking to different people, and the reality is that they're anxious times. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, how do we how do we think about these things biblically? I've got a couple of questions. They're based from the study, both uh, what you wrote and then what you presented uh, Wednesday night. Uh, just kind of follow up on some things. First of all, you asked a question kind of at the beginning. Uh, you asked uh, the question of, was fear around before the fall? And you didn't quite answer that. Actually, you gave us a little bit of an answer, but you said it's sort of just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, um, but I want to ask you that. So, what, what do you think? Was fear around before the fall? You know, I, I so what got me on this path was um, one of the great ways of studying out a topic in the scriptures is to find out where it comes into play in biblical theology, studying the scripture as it unfolds, and and so I was very curious where does uh, fear come into play, and and you actually see it third chapter of Genesis, you see Adam and Eve after sin. Uh, becoming afraid of God when God comes into their presence, they're they're now in fear of God. So, I, I you know I, I put that in the back of my mind, studying through this. But as I'm going through some of the rest of the scriptures, I'm seeing a characteristic of fear. Fear is one of those hard words. I'll, I'll be honest, and and I shared this with you, Pastor Gary. It was a little bit more than I thought. I thought this would be not simple, but simpler. I mean, it's it's fear. We all know fear, fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, of things and, and and so I had in my mind, oh, this will this will be an, a great study, but I kind of have a little bit of a direction. I think I'm good. But when I started diving into it more, it's hard just to define fear, right. even biblically. Mm-hmm. Uh, fear is such a broad, uh, u- broadly used word. So as I was studying through, especially in Proverbs, I started seeing this theme of fearing the Lord, and fearing the Lord is not this negative. Um, aspect in, in the Proverbs. It's really a positive thing. It's it's trusting God above and beyond any other voice. It's it's saying God's voice is the most important voice out there. So when we say we fear God, now there are, as I mentioned uh, on Wednesday night, there are passages that there is a fear mm-hmm. of, of, and I think that's what you saw in Adam and Eve, is a fear of what's God going to do. I, I disobeyed God. There's a consequence. God had told him what the consequence was. And so there was a an, an unrest and uneasiness. It says afraid. But you look at the at Proverbs, you have this fear of the Lord. It's not 
oh, I'm, I'm so afraid I'm going to make God mad. I'm, oh, I'm so, it's not that kind of fear. It's really saying God is the most important voice in my life. And, and really, he's our creator. He's our father. He's the one who has the best interest for us. I mean, James says all good things come from him. I mean, this is, this is that, um, I read by, um, I can't remember the article now, but describing you had a slave's fear and a son's fear. And the son's fear to their mm, father is good. a lot different than a slave's fear to a bad master. Mm. And so that kind of fear is it kind of unfolded in the scripture and it kind of unfolded. I, I, I went back and I go, I think that fear, though they didn't define it that way, because I don't think Adam and Eve really would have understood if God said, fear me, they would have had no concept because there was no fear to be had. They were, the, the animals are walking in front of them. I mean, he's not going, oh, there's a lion, I'm afraid. It's, right, really before that time, I mean, there wasn't anything to be afraid of, right? There wasn't any correct. danger, there weren't any enemies, and that's often what we think about fear. So exactly. they wouldn't have had that, that's why we asked the question, right? Yeah, so it wasn't that kind of fear, but it was this good or healthy Fear, which was defined later, this, I'm putting God above everything else. Imagine if they would have followed that fear. Right. What yeah. our world would be like today if they looked at God's word more important than any other voice, the serpents their own, any other voice. And really that's, so I do think there was fear. You won't find a verse that says, and God commanded them, fear me. Mm-hmm. But you do see that concept of, of fear. And that's where that healthy, good, if you will, fear is found in the scripture. So I do think, after studying it out, I do think fear was in the garden as they obeyed. And I think the fear of missing out is trumped and became a greater fear to them, to to Adam and Eve. And that's why they ended up sinning. And we find ourselves in the situation we are now. You said that there's a difference between, uh, I don't know exactly what the, the quote was, but but something along the lines of, the difference between good fear and bad fear or sinful fear. How do you tell the difference? I thought I understood it, but it wasn't really until I did this study. I think a lot has to do with our response. Mm. I think that's the revealer because uh, I, I mentioned a few good fears. I mean, obviously, heights is a good fear. It keeps us from doing dumb things and jumping off high things that we probably shouldn't <laughs> um, or or getting onto structures that are unsafe. Um, fear of wild animals would, would be a healthy fear. The fear of the ocean, I mentioned that, uh, a very healthy fear out here, a good, a good fear. Right, and those things are interesting because uh, people have different levels of those yes. fears. And that's not a sinful thing or not simple thing. For for instance, I would tell you, I'm very af- afraid of heights. I can't do anything about it. If I get in certain situations just inside me, I get you know really nervous. Other people, I think you're more like that. You have some fear of height, but maybe not at that same intense level. So yeah. it's not a sin issue for us. Um, so that part is different, but there is something that's different that becomes sinful in this, right? And I think what you just said, that becomes sinful. I- it's the response. Is this fear going to keep me from obeying God? Is this fear going to cause me to doubt God's character? Is this fear a fear that's really protecting my idols? And that was a revealer to me. You know, is this is this fear? Well, I want my future. I want my finances. I want whatever it is, and I'm fearful for those things. And all of a sudden, this fear becomes a point to where we're sinning. We're doubting God. We're not obeying God. And we're not keeping God in the position he should be in. Uh, fear of people. Uh, we we don't like 
um, that awkwardness when we're sharing the gospel or when we're having a conversation. We, you, you were talking about sharing your faith uh, before the whole coronavirus started, and and you talk about that awkwardness that still comes to you, mm-hmm. and and as does myself. When you're when you're talking about spiritual things and you know you're about to take that step, there's that little bit of mm-hmm. awkwardness. You could call that fear. It is a little of right. of a fear. If that keeps me from taking that step, I think that's when we get into that sin problem. I mean, we're talking about this anxiety or fear. Uh, aren't some people just a more wired that way? I mean, uh, and I'm not even talking. I mean, we talked about uh, fear of heights. Some people more than others, but even just in general, you know, it might be because of our circumstances, might be just because of our personalities. But some people might tend to to just yeah. be wired that way, right? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think I think you're spot on. I mean, you see it. Timothy obviously uh, was timid. We kind of give him a hard time about it when we read the scripture, and you know, I. <laughs> I was I was thinking through this when um, when you were asking. There are certain people that are a little bit more fearful, but honestly, I don't know if that's a bad thing. Again, I think you have like mothers. Okay, this is this is uh, true to life uh, in the Keith home. One of my kids, wherever they're at, they're at a basketball game. They're getting a ride back home. They went out to eat with with the team or whatever. Hey, be back home by fill in the blank time. A minute after that time, Samantha's the concern meter is beginning to to yeah. rise a little bit. Yeah. She's concerned. Me, I'm like, hey, it's a little quieter for a few more minutes. <laughs> hey, this is great. Uh, you know, ten minutes, a little bit concerned. Me, eh. Uh, and then I'm a little bit behind her. Why? Because she's, I wouldn't say greater love, but a different love, a different concern. And so people who are very concerned and are very conscious about certain things, I think, do tend. And again, it's not bad. It's really fear demands a response. It really does. You're either going to continue in it, and it's going to become worse and worse, and it's going to prevent, or you're going to go to God with it. But fear is a natural thing that we are going to have at some point in time. So I think some people who are very concerned, you know, their past experiences play a big part in their fears. And I think it's an important question to bring into the conversation because uh, having this conversation about fear, you know, we don't want people that might tend to be wired a little bit more in that way to feel badly about that right from the beginning. Um, because I do think God wires us differently. Yep. So this conversation is not to try to make people, you know, that might be wired more in that way to feel guilty. But it is a conversation to say, as we've been saying all along, but our in, in the same way that somebody might be more wired to be angry, somebody might be more wired um, to uh, you know any number of things, that might be a natural thing, but the way that we respond to this does mark Correct. the difference between whether uh, you know it's something that will debilitate us, it's a sinful area. And so I think it's important to, to make sure that we clarify that. We might be wired a little bit different. Yeah, you know, I've, I've kind of, throughout the years, um, working with different people, I, I found it in my own life also that different spiritual gifts, different gifts that were, were, um, were given come with our sinful weaknesses mm-hmm. to it. Leaders um, can be prideful, but people who are, who are mercy showers, who are, who are very concerned about others can be worriers and, and can 
carry the load that God's like, no, this load's not for you to carry and, and to put on your shoulders. It's to cast onto me. And I think all those things, again, that's why it's hard for me to say as we look at the word fear, is fear always wrong? Right. I really think it's our response to fear that will gauge whether this fear is right or wrong. It's going to happen. It's just like you're going to be hungry. You're going to be... It's like a natural thing because of sin in this in this living in a sin-cursed world. Fear is going to be a response we have to deal with. Whether it's good or bad depends on our, our response to it. Yeah, we talked before about uh, sort of a danger sensor that we are wired mm-hmm. to have, and I think fear in that way can be connected in there. We sense uh, an enemy sensor that God has given us. Um, I don't know if that came after the fall or not, back to that conversation, but I know that we have it now, and it's a protection for us. It allows, you know, it really kicks off an adrenaline in our our bodies that allows us to run or fight, um, and that danger sensor is something that can go off, even when we might not even necessarily know why it's going off, but our, our brains are processing something maybe even subconsciously that's happening that we see a little bit different in our environment. God wires us in that way. And you know, it's interesting as I was thinking just about asking you some questions about this, uh, we're talking about it because we're in the middle of a, you know, maybe a frightening season with the COVID-19 pandemic that we're dealing with. But the reality is uh, this is not new and it's not new for this season. And and probably I would say, in fact, I would say definitely that anxiety is growing mm-hmm. in our world. We have, you know, much more conversations are happening about, you know, anxiety attacks and panic attacks and those kinds of things, uh, stress that's overwhelming people. And again, there's a lot of reasons for that. But this is a conversation that applies to more than just, you know, directly you yep. know, what we're going through right now. It really does. And and honestly, social media and the immense amount of information coming towards us, I think, is only compounding some of those anxieties, some of those. It used to be you kind of had your your sphere of knowledge and that you worried about. Now right. that sphere is so much greater that it really can cause another level. Let's talk about some practical help. We have just a few minutes before uh, we need to wrap this up. Um but uh, Ken, you've done such a great job in the two sessions of giving us some really biblical perspectives on you know what God's Word has to say about this. Um, maybe you and I can talk together about some things that could help somebody that says, man, I'm identifying with this conversation, and uh, I might be naturally wired this way, but I, I don't want, you know, I really want to follow God. I want to obey Him in this area. What can we say that might be a help to somebody that's working through this? I really think in um, the study through this, the answer is God. I mean, it's the simple answer to it is is your relationship with God, your dependence on God, going to God in these times. I mean, we were, we were talking about this before uh, the show started. I, I can't imagine trying to handle some of these fears and anxieties and worry without God. Um, he's the one who brings to the equation the uh, the ability to change, the the knowing the future. I can't tell you what's going to happen in five seconds. He could tell me what's going to happen uh, in the future, in past and present. He knows all these things. It, it God is the one you bring him into the equation. Fear ceases. You mentioned a couple weeks back walking through the uh, auditorium with your dad. Yeah. 
you, you walk, what gave you the strength wasn't mind over matter. wasn't you just hyping yourself up. What gave you the strength and the peace, and really that's what God offers. He doesn't take away everything. It's a peace. You still had to walk through the auditorium, but you had a peace because your dad was right there. Right. You cannot handle fear the right way um, without God. And, and so really it comes down to God. So how are you going to build that relationship and your knowledge of God, which are the two main points, if I had to boil it all down, Growing your knowledge of God, the more you know about God, the more secure you'll be in growing your relationship with God. If there's anything that's hindering your relationship with God, it needs to be removed because that peace comes through that relationship of being able to pour that out onto the Father. And you can't if you don't have a relationship with Him. You talked about Philippians chapter 4 um, and the command to to not be anxious, really mm-hmm. do, not, do not worry, but instead bring these things to God. I mean, yeah. I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Uh, you know, anybody could go back on our website and reference that that article, that blog article, that'd be available there. Uh, I was thinking about uh, Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 12. They're mm-hmm. parallel stories. I'm sure you looked at these two about, you know, Jesus speaking to his disciples and he's saying, don't worry. It's sort of in a context of, of finances, um, but you know, he says, if I'm going to care for the birds of the air and if I care for the li- lilies of the field, I'm going to care for you. So so uh, don't worry about tomorrow um, and instead seek me first, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto me. I mean, that's what you just described, Ken. The answer to fear is putting God in his rightful place. And actually in the Luke 12 passage, uh, after he says those really powerful words, seek the kingdom of God first, all these things, the next verse says, fear not little flock. Yeah, Um, I think that's the only place where that little flock idea shows up in the Bible. But Jesus says, hey, I'm going to take care of this. You you seek me first, and uh, and then you'll have the walk beside me, the confidence to move to move forward. I was reading, uh, I just looked up a little booklet by Dave Paulison that has a couple of practical things that I thought I'd add to it too. Uh, Dave Paulison, a uh, little pamphlet on worry, pursuing a better path to peace. But he mentioned six things at the end that might be really helpful and practical for somebody that's uh, walking through a season of worry. I'll just mention these quickly, but uh, number one, he says, name the pressures. Um, this is important because uh, when we're going through these seasons of anxiety, it feels like there's a million things that are overwhelming us. And really, you're probably only struggling with six yep. or four or three, but it's almost like the plates that are spinning. It just all seems consuming. So, uh, so name the pressures so that you're able to list them out. Now, it's three things right now. These are what's overwhelming me, but naming them helps. Uh, number two, he says, identify how you express anxiety. Um, that might, you know, you might express it in anger. Um, it might be in obsessive thoughts. You just you kind of keep thinking the same thing. It, it might be, you know, going back to your Samantha illustration. Uh, so the the natural worry as a mom, but if you keep thinking. He's been in a car wreck. He's been in a car wreck. Uh, yep. You know, maybe he's lost. You know, if if we keep thinking obsessive thoughts, that's sort of a trigger that you, that we should identify. Um, and for some people, these kinds of things even show up in our bodies. There's some different ways our bodies react, panic types of things, which are very real. I've talked with many people about these things. Um, and when those things become 
cues for us. It's helpful because we're able to, those things come with, with ready-made reasons in our minds. So they kind of become excuses. And if we can say, actually, that's a cue for anxieties uh, for me, which means that I'm taking my mind off God, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, a big help for us. Uh, number three, Paulison says, ask yourself, why am I anxious? Um, instead of, uh, you know, our views on God, we need to identify what's hijacked our views yeah. uh, from that. That's and, where the idols hide cor- in that. Yeah, yeah. In fact, he says this. Uh, um, yeah, say that again, Ken. What do you mean by idols? Well, that's, well I'm looking for what he said. The, uh, the uh, worry sometimes is hiding our idols. Some of our idols are hidden in that worry. So if we ask ourselves really what's making us, yeah. what is the root of this worry, we find sometimes, or at least I do, that it's it's an idol that I'm protecting, yeah. and and by that, yep. yeah. Polison says these two things. He says, "What do I want, need, crave, expect, demand, and lust after?" And then this sentence: "What is preoccupying me so that I pursue it with all my heart?" Mm-hmm. And that's what becomes consuming. That's the idol that you're yep. talking about. Uh, number four, he says, "Which promise of Jesus speaks to you most?" Um, and just identify one thing in particular and really focus on this one thing. Uh, this is meditating on the scripture. It's very helpful for us. Number five, he says, go to your father, mm. uh, talk to him, leave your worries with him. You mentioned earlier um, the reality that what the hard part about right now is that these things are out of our control. Yeah. And uh, so that's, you know, that creates a panic in us who are, you know, kind of like to control things. So we're going to talk with God. We're going to leave them with him. And then the last thing, number six, he says is give. And I think this is so important that we care for somebody else. Um, In the darkest hole when life seems toughest, there's always some way to give yourself away. And taking that focus and putting it on to somebody else is a really helpful uh, process for us and removing it from, you know, kind of that obsessive thinking. Yep. Yep. I wish I would have had that little book earlier this week. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great point. Honestly, though, that's that's exactly what the Bible, you look at the scriptures yeah. and what he's laying out right there is exactly what you find in the scriptures. And the awesome thing is the whole father picture of being able to cast our cares out of the person who not only wants to hear us and loves us and cares for us. So we don't have to doubt that because we do that sometimes in our worry, but can do something about it. He know it's not he, he's yeah. not insecure. Right. Yeah. Corona did not catch him off guard. He is not insecure in this. And we can have that same peace and security if we rest in him. So it is such an awesome picture. It is such an awesome picture. And and that's what I'm saying. Fear can be sometimes be a, a, a very positive thing that'll draw closer to him. Well I'm really thankful for, you know, for you personally, for your work in this, I mean, I, it's just been a help for our body, our church body at Harvest Baptist Church, and, and really even through this avenue, maybe a broader help for the body of Christ across our island and in other locations. So thanks for walking through this with us. Ken, we'll pray for each other um, and uh, ask God to continue to teach us in these areas to, to trust Him and give ourselves to Him. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we'd like to invite you to join us this weekend 
For a live stream service, Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m., you can check our website for more at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We'll be back in our series from the book of Acts this week, The Faith That Does Not Save, from Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25. Of course, we'll also be broadcasting that service live here on KHMG 88.1 FM and on khmg.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time. Harvest Time.